1: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Not only are we mixing in some baseball, but the big college football game over the weekend that was... So atypical of Alabama and yet so much fun to watch in an atmosphere like Knoxville where that orange is permanently burned on my eyeballs. It's a good thing I love orange. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. We're going to keep on grinding. Isn't that what everybody says? I don't know if we'll get a win at the end of the show, but we're going to do it anyway. We're live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. So on tap for Monday, still one more NFL game, Obvi, to be able to close out week six. Uh, Let's hope that Chargers and Broncos is as entertaining as the second half, really the whole game. We don't necessarily need points to be entertained, right? We're not like babies who have to have bright, shiny objects to stare at all the time. Well, some of us are. Uh, But I thought the entire game was really intriguing. The way the defenses had to game plan for Mahomes and for Allen. um, The fact that the crowd was so jacked up I love Arrowhead Stadium, although I I just, the, the whole G-E-H-A thing, I'm just going to keep going Arrowhead. <laughs> Jim Nance was actually giving Tony Romo props when he would say it, even remotely close to being the right way. Uh, so, yeah, that's the kind of atmosphere that you love in the NFL. And maybe we haven't seen as many of these games in the first six weeks. I still think we have a ton of inconsistency. Um, there are teams that are very good. And yet, I'm not sure any team has still tapped its full potential. Except for maybe the Bills. uh, Nah, not even the Bills against the Steelers last weekend. Because they had a couple of turnovers and missed field goals uh, themselves in the first half. Otherwise, it would have been worse than 31-3. to And yes, the Steelers bounced back because they've got strong leadership. And we'll get to that coming up. So a lot that we still want to cover this hour. We're going to dive into the NFC West uh, and then we'll see if we can get to a little more of the baseball, too. Uh, because three of the series ended on Saturday. So, yeah, my Saturday was spent with laundry and baseball and college football. <laughs> it's October, so I'm not complaining. But sometimes, just sometimes, do they have to dominate every hour of my life? That's all I'm asking. Maybe an hour to myself here or there. And so with the baseball Whatever Rob Manfred was hoping that we might see coming out of the postseason, right? To maybe maintain that quicker pace of play that we saw over the course of the regular season. The two long, as in 15 and 18 inning affairs we've seen so far in the playoffs have completely throw that out the window. Two scoreless postseason games into the 15th and then the 18th innings. That's insane. I can't decide if it's good or bad for baseball. I will say this. If you're a baseball fan and you love pitching, well, and 42 strikeouts, well, then you love it. But if you're a casual fan, it probably felt more like watching soccer. Let's be honest. So I don't know that it won over any new fans. But if you are a diehard and you love October baseball, well, then it probably reinforced that. And that was for a sweep for the Astros. Plenty of diamond drama over the weekend. And we're getting close now to the final four. Just one game left in the division series. So we'll get to that. And also, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a total conundrum. And Tom Brady didn't take his anger out in a tablet this weekend. But boy, is Jim Gray going to ask him about his tirade well, tirade. He was lighting a fire under his offensive line. When you're 45, you just don't like to get hit.
1: I don't throw flags. <laughs> what I do throw is tablets.
2: <laughs> at least he didn't throw his tablet at an offensive lineman. And I will say this: even as he was screaming at them, and if you haven't seen the video, uh, audio up, it's on my Twitter, A Law Radio. Although millions of you have already seen it, but there were a couple of moments where there were perceptible nods by his offensive lineman, as in, yeah, yeah. Although it may have been like us when our parents would yell at us when we were kids. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Anything to get the screaming to stop. (laughs) Yeah, not quite that kind of screaming. So Tom Brady's not having a good first six weeks. Doesn't mean it can't end up in a positive place, but it's clear You don't want to cross Tom Brady right now. I'm not going to make a joke about his marriage because that would be very horrible horrible taste. In horribly poor taste. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. It's actually not funny. uh, On CBS Sports Radio. All right, so again, uh, we'll get to baseball. We've got the college football scene of the week in Knoxville and more of the NFL week number six. The good, the bad, the ugly. What is it? Uh, just look for Clint Eastwood's ugly mug on Twitter, A Law Radio, or on our Facebook page, and that's where <laughs> that's where you can weigh in. Sometimes it's all in the same game, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly. The Super Bowl champion Rams were just trying to get back to 500, and their offense has been hit or miss to be sure. Matthew Stafford throwing more of those costly interceptions. And what is happening with their run game? Cam Akers away from the team for personal reasons now. Really not a whole lot of information. But there's talk that he's played his last snaps with the Rams. So some type of a disconnect or a problem, personnel issue there. But yeah, their run game continues to struggle and yet they need it. Matthew Stafford needs it. Thing is, it helps when you're home and you're taking on the Carolina Panthers who just made a coaching change.
0: First and goal from the five. Matthew Stafford under center. Daryl Henderson, the tailback behind him. He stands up, throws left side. Allen Robinson airborne. High points, the football. Touchdown, LA! 20 seconds left in the third quarter. Henderson the single back another jet sweep a handoff Skoranek he's got speed he's got the edge he goes in untouched Ben Skoranek
2: touchdown LA his first as a pro J.B. Long on Rams radio. So, yes, the Rams were able to not only pitch a shutout in the second half against the Panthers, but they go back-to-back, long touchdown drives with the cappers coming on the ground, the ground game. So they did have 111 team yards on the ground, but it's just a it's a work in progress, and it's a revolving door of different guys who are carrying the ball, which I guess that can be a benefit but they don't really have a feature back right now. It's it's just a strange situation. So maybe we'll find out more on Monday uh, about Cam Akers and whether or not he'll ever be back with the team. Uh, So this is the first game for Steve Wilkes as the head coach of the Panthers. P.J. Walker running the show, remember, because Baker Mayfield is injured. Sam Darnold's not ready. They actually brought in Jacob Eason, which I didn't even realize. I somehow missed that. Uh, So believe it or not, Carolina was up 10-7 at the half on a late second quarter pick six by Dante Jackson. So this is what I mean about Matthew Stafford. We're seeing more of the guy who he was in Detroit, which was... Not all his fault, but it was either feast or famine there. But then the Rams' defense is able to do the trick in the second half, and Stafford guides them to a couple of touchdown drives. So the positive, the Rams go three of four in the red zone. They're six of 12 on third down. And if not for the turnover, well, this looks to be a much more lopsided affair as the Super Bowl champs get back to three and three. And Sean McVay will take it, though still there's a lot of work to be done for the Rams.
0: Another example of being able to overcome adversity, whether it was injuries or really kind of putting ourselves in a hole going down 10-7. But I thought a lot of guys got involved. I thought the defense was outstanding. Special teams was solid. And, uh, you know, coaches did a great job getting these guys ready to go. It was good to be able to get to three and three. A lot of stuff that we can really look at over the bye to try to figure out we'll get some bodies back. But, uh, you know, today was a good day for the Rams.
2: All right, well, that's the best you can say, especially when you're going into a bye. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. As for the Panthers, they get no such relief, no such solace. Instead, uh, it's a loss. They fall to one and five, and Steve Wilkes kicked Robbie Anderson out of the game. Any clarity on the Robbie Anderson situation? The only thing that I'm being told, the team is officially saying, all they are saying, is that uh, he is not on the field, and uh, it is not injury-related, Anish.
1: Yeah, the television cameras, if you're listening and watching, they caught him having words with Joe Daly, the wide receivers coach, and then walked off the field clearly unhappy.
2: So Panthers Radio Network trying to figure it out the same as everybody else was. Uh, But Steve Wilkes apparently... Didn't like, and this is what it looked like from the cameras, didn't like the way that Robbie was interacting with his own position coach, Joe Daly. Also didn't like the fact that he was kind of removing himself from team huddles, team conversations. He was sitting by himself on a cooler at one point in the third quarter when the rest of the offense is, is huddled up talking strategy. He's sitting on a stationary bike to start the second half. Wearing a baseball cap, not his helmet. And so, with the multiple exchanges with his own coach, and then him kind of removing himself, Steve Wilkes had had it. And he told him to get lost. He actually kicked him out of the game. Now, this wasn't quite like the, uh, oh my gosh, A.B., Antonio Brown, yes, out of sight, out of mind. This wasn't quite like the Antonio Brown exit where he rips off his jersey and makes a big scene. But Robbie Anderson didn't go quietly either. either. And afterwards, uh, he also had uh, a lot to say about the way that this played out. So he swears he had no idea what happened.
1: I was honestly confused because... I want to be in the game, you know, I've never been told in X amount of years to get out the game
2: in the fourth quarter, you know, so I was honestly confused and, you
1: know, you know, upset by it as I should be. I'm not going to uh, focus and put a lot of tension on one individual. Uh, we can talk about the game, we can talk about situations within the game, we can talk about the things we're going to do moving forward, but I'm not putting a lot of energy into one individual.
2: Now there certainly are a lot of trade rumors out there too. Uh, for various weapons that the Panthers might have pieces uh, that they might actually be able to get something in return. We've heard the conversations about Christian McCaffrey and whether or not he's on his way out. And Robbie Anderson, though, I can't imagine a team's going to be willing to give up a whole lot for him um, if this is the last thing they see of him on the field. So we'll Maybe hear more. Steve didn't want to talk about it after the game for obvious reasons because he's got, I, my apologies to Robbie, he's got bigger problems right now with the team falling into a 1-5 hole.
1: To be honest, you know, it, it, it really wasn't something I was thinking about. Uh, I was just really trying to get my guys really in the best position to be successful today. So, again, I'm never looking at it about being me. It's about the team.
2: First game as the interim head coach. Remember, he was one year in Arizona. 2018, maybe, he was the head coach there in Arizona. And so, there's two sides of this equation, right? You've got the Rams, who get back to 500. That's big for them, because they've got some adversity and some moving parts on their offense. Uh, But also, for the Panthers, if possible, it's going from bad to worse. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio uh, while we're talking about the NFC West, Cardinals and Seahawks. Now, I'm just saying is all, if you were going to make fun of Thursday night football the last two weeks, now granted, Colts Broncos in week five didn't have any touchdowns and, and went into overtime, so we got tortured longer. But Bears and Commanders On Thursday night, people were ripping. This is all about Thursday night football. It's because they asked these guys to turn around and play in a short work week. Well, then, what was the excuse on Sunday in Seattle? (laughs) The defenses are dominating between Cardinals and Seahawks. Empty
0: backfield for Murray. Two receivers far side. Seattle lines up four to rush on Kyler Murray, and they rush four. Murray steps up, he's gonna throw deep down the sideline, and Woolen reaches up, and he makes another interception. Are you kidding me? Tariq Woolen, perfect position, intercepts his fourth in four games. And Woolen now has become the seventh
2: player in franchise history to record an interception in four consecutive games. That's Mitch Holtis on Seahawks Radio. Yeah, the defense is dominated, so we can use that for Thursday night football as well, right? A combined 11 sacks for the Cardinals and the Seahawks in this one, plus 14 QB hits on the side of that. The team's goal combines one for seven in the red zone. One for seven. (laughs) Arizona gets a pick off Kyler Murray and also a fumble recovery for a touchdown. The only offensive touchdown for Seattle is a Kenneth Walker 11-yard rush to seal it early in the fourth quarter. So, yes, Pete Carroll, you can rave about your defense. No offensive scores, well, no offensive touchdowns allowed.
1: are really happy with the whole group on defense. They've been fighting their tails off to get it done and to try to get to uh, you know, a point where they feel like they're really doing something. And the pass rush just came, came to life today, and the guys were all over the quarterback.
2: I apologize. I just realized I said Mitch Holtis. I meant to say Steve Rabel. I mean, I would say there goes the perfect show, but it was out the window a long time ago. My apologies to Steve. We have an, an affiliate in Seattle, obviously, so forgive me for that. Steve Rabel on Seahawks Radio. And yes, Pete Carroll always finds the positive. And on this day, raving about his defense and the fact that the NFC West is all crunched together.
1: That's a big deal to, to get a win today. You know, everybody in the division is the same. Um, so we're starting all over again. And uh, so you could look at it a lot of ways. I'm looking at it like we're in first place.
2: Yes, good idea. Now, see, who doesn't want to hang out with that guy who always finds the silver lining to every very dark cloud? But he's mostly right. The entire NFC West is not all three and three. But the Seattle Seahawks, the Los Angeles Rams, the San Francisco 49ers – are three and three. The Cardinals fall to two and four. And this is the second time for them in the season. So, second time in the first month and a half in which they have failed to score any offensive touchdowns. And this is on the heels of giving Kyler Murray that massive contract. I know it's not just Kyler, it's never that simple. But the fact that the Cardinals have started out so poorly. After building up to this. Rewarding their quarterback who scrubbed them from his social media at some point. Whose agent was making statements about how his his client is not being treated fairly. And what does Kyler Murray say? It's tough out there. Well, yeah. It's the NFL. So he does have over 100 rushing yards. But Arizona never hits the end zone. So it's up and down the field, up and down the field. <laughs> Did you guys see the Seahawks post on social media after this game? Okay. Think back with me to the, the NFL draft that was hosted in Roger Goodell's basement. Okay, so spring of 2020. Do you remember the photo that Cliff Kingsbury Well, I don't don't remember if he shared it or the Cardinals Twitter shared it. But do you remember? He's sitting in his gorgeous den or his gorgeous living room. It's spotless. It's all white decor. He's got his feet up on a table in front of him, watching the draft on a big screen, and I'm assuming with all of the, the devices he needs to keep in touch. And people are commenting on his little backyard that's got the shed. And if I remember correctly, a pool. Yeah, he's chilling. So the Seahawks, Jay, if you want to retweet this from our show account, the Seahawks doctored the photo and include instead of his backyard, they've got more of a Seattle scene with the water and a cruise boat behind Pete Carroll who's sitting on an all-white couch with one of his feet up, essentially posing this, in fact, it may be his face on Cliff Kingsbury's body, and he's got the table in front of him with his computers, and he's in a living room that looks very similar to Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, yeah. And the caption is, just chillin', H-B-U, question mark, because, yes, Pete Carroll uses... The acronym H-B-U. Get out of here. Oh, my gosh. Trolling. <laughs> oh, did you retweet it? So yeah, fr- from that, our- that is Cliff
1: Kingsbury's body, I'm pretty sure, okay. too, by the way.
2: So, yeah, maybe because uh, isn't Pete Carroll in his 70s? Yeah. So they doctored Cliff Kingsbury's photo to include Pete Carroll's head. <laughs> I don't think, I could be wrong, but I don't think Pete Carroll wears those kind of shoes. And not without socks. That's definitely a Cliff Kingsbury move. So I don't know if Cliff saw that. (laughs) But it it, it was a brilliant move by the Seahawks' Twitter if they're trying to troll the Arizona Cardinals. And I I don't even know if Kingsbury's going to notice because he's got far bigger problems.
1: We just struggled throughout the season. It starts there and and then... uh... Execution, you know, routine plays that we make in practice and and how we do it in practice has to carry over to the games. And right now it's not for a reason.
2: Kyler Murray says it's tough out there. You know me, my classic response would be, duh. But instead of that, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. This is the best of the best. If it's not tough, something's wrong. The good, the bad, the, ah! you're finding us on Twitter, After Hours CBS, and yes, you can see the doctored photo. <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury's body. I mean, it's a little bit scary to have Pete Carroll's head on Cliff Kingsbury's body. Though, again, they they fixed the photo as well. It's no longer in Cliff Kingsbury's house, just in case you thought Pete might be breaking and entering, stalking. Who does that? <laughs> so the good, the bad, the ugly. I'm going to go with the Arizona offense, the ugly on this weekend. What about you? HBU, how about you? It's just dumb, too, because it's slang. How about you? Not even how about you. It technically should be H-A-U. Actually, it should be H-A-Y. Should it not? How about you? But instead, it's such millennial slang. Actually, it might be Gen Z. Gen Z slang. As if Cliff Kingsbury only uses that. I mean, isn't Cliff Kingsbury the one that gives his... Well, he used to. Maybe he doesn't anymore. He gives his guys phone breaks. Because he feels like they'll concentrate better for the 20 minutes when he asks them to pay attention if he if he gives them a phone break then to play on their phone. I mean, maybe that's just not going to work in the NFL. I could be wrong. Call me crazy, but...
0: <laughs> you also just blew my mind with the HBU. It is not... That is not the acronym.
2: Well, I mean, it is. No, right, it is, but because it not Because people be. don't spell really, on I social really media. Like that. But yeah, but it's... Now, see, Jay tries to explain acronyms to me but this time, I'm explaining them to him. <laughs> yeah, we're even. Oh, we, really? We're even? Because you didn't think I knew what BTW meant? At least that one actually goes with the first letters of the phrase. That's true. By the way. And have you ever noticed how these never get capitalized? They're always lower caps. Always. Because apparently the younger generation is allergic to capital letters. And spelling. Correctly. And full words.
1: And full words.
2: Yeah. H-B-U. How about. U, the letter U. (laughs) my gosh, gross. But the Seahawks nailed it, so check it out on our show Twitter, After Hours CBS. That leaves us with the Niners from the NFC West, and I don't know, maybe it's just part of the NFL that we live in here through week number six, but I thought that defense was supposed to be really good. Oh, okay, the defense is really good, just not today. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio.
0: line of second and goal the 49ers two-yard line this is the opening drive of the ball game Mariota in the gun Algier with it play fake Marcus looking right loops caught touchdown into the end zone is Michael Pruitt Garoppolo under center they're going to hand the ball to Wilson he cracks the line and pushes through the ball popped out Terrell's got it AJ did he step out of bounds or score They recovered in the end zone. What's going to be the call? It's a touchdown. You've got to be kidding me. Mariota looks. Now going to loop. And Kyle Pitts caught it. Touchdowns. On U.S. soil, number eight has a touchdown. It's time to pull on the pads and hit somebody. On After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio.
2: Stingiest defense in the NFL to start week six. That's the San Francisco 49ers allowing just 12 points per game. Well, the defense gives up 21 points in this battle with the Falcons who go three for three in the red zone. Again, uncharacteristic. Both these teams, by the way, three for three. So the threes were wild on Sunday. Atlanta was up by a touchdown at the break because Marcus Mariota already had two scores himself and because Jalen Hawkins covers up a fumble not just by Jeff Wilson of the Niners, but then a fumble by his own teammate in the end zone. So a little bit of fumble ruski. Uh, that goes for a score as well. And so ultimately the mistakes by the Niners, three San Francisco turnovers really hurt them. In addition to the fact that the defense didn't have any answers for Arthur Smith's offense with Marcus Mariota. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Only seven points in the second half on a Kyle Pitts touchdown. But certainly, Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners offense were not threatening to come back at any point. Now, key always the ball control. 168 rushing yards for the Falcons. And Marcus Mariota plays a near-perfect game. They didn't ask him to throw a lot, but he was 13 of 14. Hey, you do what they dial up. And you do it well. 13 of 14, three total touchdowns. And they're able to double up the Niners and protect their home field. And so it's a big deal. And the fact that Mariota was largely inactive or off the field, I should say. He was with teams, of course, but wasn't playing a whole lot the last two and a half years. This is a big deal for him to settle in and be comfortable with Arthur Smith's offense. We got a great group of guys that truly believe in what the culture is being built here, and that's, and that's fun to be a part of. Um, you know, when I was a free agent, I was looking at places to play. I knew Art here was gonna build that type of locker room.
0: These guys believe, and they understood the, the focus. And when you're playing a team like that, that does a lot, a lot of different stuff, uh, pre-snap,
2: they got some really good players, you know, some of the uh, better players in the position, and they were locked in. We're not gonna be satisfied this, t- this team, we're going to continue to grow and and, and improve. And uh, it's just a fun group to coach. Really proud of those guys. So you hear the voices of Mariota and Arthur Smith. And yes, does definitely matter that they worked together in Tennessee before they re-teamed up in Atlanta. So talk about the run game for the Falcons. Will you compare that to what the Niners did? 50 yards rushing, that's it. Only 16 carries. When you fall behind you tend to abandon the run a little more, but that is their bread and butter. That is their strength. And for them to get away from that and see Atlanta do what they wanted to do on the field, it's definitely frustrating.
0: I think they controlled the ball very well. Um, And then we got a little behind. I thought we needed to throw to catch up.
2: I thought we had opportunities all day.
0: Um, I I thought we had a lot of opportunities. I thought we just... uh, we just didn't take advantage of them. It was self-inflicted wounds, really. I mean, guys making mistakes, and it wasn't just uh, you know one guy or one position. It starts with myself, and I think we just kind of one after another kept making mistakes. And when you do that, it adds up to a uh, to a game like this.
2: Up and down, up and down, up and down. <laughs> That's the way that it is in the NFL, and it's certainly the way that it is in the NFC West. So yes, when Pete Carroll tells you. I'm going to focus on the fact that we're in first place. That's how I choose to see it. He's not wrong. Seahawks, Rams, Niners. Rams and Niners played in the NFC Championship last year. They're all three and three. With the Cardinals, just, I'm using my air quotations, just a game behind, though it does feel like that chasm is a lot larger. And how about the fact that in the NFC South, The two teams that are tied for the lead, Falcons and Buccaneers, are both 3-3. and Minnesota, New York, Philadelphia. Most wins in the NFC through six weeks. But the NFC West, who knows? It's a crapshoot. It's kind of fun, though, isn't it? That a lot of the storylines that people expected to play out in the first month, in the first six weeks. Who even knows what to make of the NFC or the AFC for that matter? We know there's a couple of strong teams. I think the whole thing is highly entertaining. Except for when it knocks me out of the survivor pool. <laughs> it's week six. It's my nemesis. I cannot get past week six. So good for you Steelers. Bad for me for picking the Buccaneers. But we'll get to that coming up. Because the Falcons are tied with the Bucks. In the NFC South, Brady's frustrated. Todd Bowles, you never really know if he's frustrated or not. But that team almost looks like they're stuck in just nasty mud. They can't really get free. They seem to try a bunch of stuff that just doesn't work. Every now and then, it looks like they're just out there without a plan. Now, these are my observations. I'm sure they're not out there without a plan. But when Tom Brady doesn't have time to throw, everything looks different for his offense, which right now is the Buccaneers. So we'll get to that coming up. The NFC. Uh, lots of good, bad, and ugly in the NFC specifically. Plus, who's most mortified on a Monday? We'll get
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
2: that poll up for you on Twitter, After Hours CBS, or on our Facebook page. Glad to have you with us.
0: You are listening to the After Hours Podcast.
1: Now they pinch the right receiver, and that is Connor Hayward into a slot. Back is Pickett. Throws it to the flat. Najee's wide open. He walks in for that Pittsburgh Steelers Touchdown. From six yards out, wide open, Pickett to Harris.
0: It's a football feeding frenzy. After Hours with Amy Lawrence.
2: First passing touchdown of Kenny Pickett's career. Remember he had two uh, Rushing touchdowns when he took over for Mitch Trubisky. The last time the Steelers were home in Pittsburgh. Remember, he took over at the second half. He had two rushing touchdowns and three interceptions. So it was a welcome to the NFL first half of your career, Kenny Pickett. Then they go on the road to Buffalo and there are no touchdowns. It's a 38-3 to shellacking. Well, yes, many people, you know who you are, were calling for Mike Tomlin's head Again, once that game was over. I wonder now if some of those people have backed off. Still calling for Mike Tomlin's head or nah? It's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio, Bill Hillgrove on Steelers Radio, and Pittsburgh able to jump on top of the visiting Buccaneers with that first quarter drive and the Najee Harris touchdown catch. One thing that Mike Tomlin has seen a lot of is adversity. Even with Ben Roethlisberger as his quarterback for 15-plus years, or 15 years, still plenty of ups and downs because it's the NFL, and that's how it goes, including injuries late in Ben Roethlisberger's career. Well, man, he's already dealing with the loss of his rookie after going to Kenny Pickett.
1: Mitch Trubisky is getting ready to go in for Kenny Pickett who is getting assistance, leaving for the near sideline. Yeah, Kenny took one right in the grill. And that blitz situation there, whoever it was got overpowered and came off, and just as Kenny is launching it in a very vulnerable position when a quarterback is just prepared to throw the ball, and his arm is cocked back, and
2: all of a sudden you take one right in the, in the chin. It was a hit. Actually, it wasn't a hit. It was a push by Devin White, perfectly legal, Nothing untoward or unnecessary about it. It's part of football. But when Pickett falls backward, his head hits the ground. And we're seeing that a bunch. Once again, Bill Hillgrove on Steelers Radio. And so Mitch Trubisky has to come into the game. Man, you want to talk about a position that he does not relish. Most professional athletes feel the same exact way. It's bad enough to be replaced. It's bad enough to lose your job. But to then be called into action when you're cold, now presumably you're still paying attention on the sidelines, but when you're cold, you're not warmed up, you're not in the flow of the game, and yet you have to perform. I mean, that is what it's like to be either a sixth man or someone who comes off the bench. But the Buccaneers' offense was brutal. Only three field goals in the first half for Tampa Bay. And it's in that second quarter when Tom Brady just unloads on his offensive lineman in a video that was captured and posted by Fox. And it's pretty audible, some of the words that he's using. It doesn't get a whole lot better in the second half. So they take a long drive into the red zone, but there's miscues, there's mistakes, there's penalties. And once again, settling for field goals. So the Pittsburgh defense missing major pieces like Minka Fitzpatrick and others from that secondary specifically. Still bending, but not breaking. And then it's mid-third quarter when Kenny Pickett is out of the game. And initially, you can see that it's a slow burn for Trubisky coming back in. Now, regardless of who's starting, at quarterback, or who's under center, who's out there with the Steelers' offense, it's pretty rough. So some Steelers fan posts on our Facebook page, no picket, no Fitzpatrick, no problem. Oh, no, there are plenty of problems. Just because you get a win doesn't mean there are no problems. So there are three consecutive three and outs by the, between the two teams, and so the offense slows way, way, way down. But... Trubisky's a veteran, and he finally got in the groove.
1: Trubisky in the gun. Najee stands to his left. Wide side to his right. Double slot that way. Long count. Gets the snap. He's back. Fires for the end zone. Touchdown, Chase Claypool! Wow!
2: (laughs) Chase Claypool with a huge grab, and that gives the Steelers the edge that they need. Now, it's not without... Hmm, it's not without challenge because it's still Tom Brady. And the Buccaneers go 14 plays and they march down the field. And when they give the ball to Leonard Fournette, they look better. That's the case. Obviously, the Steelers wanted to stop the run. But Leonard Fournette's a beast. He's a veteran too. Right now should be Tom Brady's best friend, especially when your O-line is not giving you the time that you want to throw. So, Fournette gets into the end zone, but the Buccaneers are still trailing by two.
0: And yeah, the Buccaneers are going to go for two. Two point try. Buccaneers. Bucks are one for two on two point efforts in this season. Two points to tie the ball game. It's 20 to 18. Brady shotgun look, looking left, looking left. Tires a shot. Oh, it's incomplete. Knocked down. Tried to get it to Chris Godwin at the goal line. It's a challenge when you play Tom Brady. Um, I just thought they did a really good job of letting our disguises work for us. We didn't have a big menu because um, we can't have a big menu. We got some young guys and inexperienced guys playing. And so whatever we had, we had to dress it up. And I just thought they did a really good job dressing it up and and fighting the fight down in and down out.
2: It's a limited menu, meaning we're not making this super complicated. As simple as possible. Keep it simple, stupid. But the simple, if you dominate the simple, if you master the simple – if you perform at the simple, well, then you can get a win. Gene Deckerhoff with the call of the failed two-point conversion. It was crowded over the middle, and so the ball was was batted away. There's a lot of traffic in there. Pittsburgh gets the ball back with about four and a half minutes to go and is able to run out the clock. How about that? As much as Trubisky throwing the touchdown and chase Claypool is a big deal, Definitely was three first downs in that final four and a half minutes. Two of them coming on Trubisky passes. Another one, if I remember, may have been on a Trubisky run or a Trubisky sneak. And so he was critical. What he did in this game, stepping in for the rookie, was critical. No, was that an optimal situation? But ultimately, to get the win and. To be 50 percent on third and fourth down—that's huge. It's
0: tough, but it's huge. Um, <laughs> I've been in this position before, and you just know as a professional, you got to always stay prepared. You never know when your number is going to get called, and that's something Coach talked about that last night. Like it's going to take everybody, so you never know when it's going to be your opportunity to make a, make a big play. Just try to come in, do my role, and lead the
1: guys. Everybody stuck together, and uh, they had my back when I came in as well. So it was fun to see we all kind of rallied around, um, and we just got to continue to pick each other up and stick together. Man, he's been
0: professional in class at every step of the way. Um, That's why I mention it repeatedly when you guys ask me about what's transpiring at the quarterback position. Not only him, but, man, Mason Rudolph was engaged and has got good ideas. Man, we are a collective, man, and I just
2: appreciate the unselfishness of all of those guys throughout this process. We are a collective. That's true. I know we're obsessed with our quarterbacks here, but we are a collective. So, Tom Brady... (laughs) What did the Steelers do well against your offense?
1: They did a good job. You know, the guys that were in there did a good job for them. They tackled well and limited some run after catch. Um, We just missed too many opportunities in the red area. And, uh, you know, it's a game of scoring points. And we just didn't do well enough on third down and in short yardage situations. And certainly not well enough in the red area. We didn't take them lightly, number one. Number two. I think guys that's living off the Super Bowl are living in a fantasy land. And you got to get your hands dirty and go to work like everybody else. And we've been working hard. We got to work harder. Nobody's going to give us anything or feel sorry. So we got to go back as coaches, as players. And the time for talking is over. You either got to put up or shut up.
2: Or as Mike Tomlin says, you have to put up and shut up. It's put up and shut up time. Maybe Todd Bowles can borrow that line.
0: It's put up and shut up time. See
2: what I mean? It's v- it's a viable line. It's a good concept. Bucks go one for four in the red zone. They fall to three and three. What happened to the rest of the AFC North? We will get that le- uh, next. It's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio.
0: You
1: could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever. Or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.